the name of that company that do like baby stuff for dudes and it's all like camouflage and what there, there was a thing going around the internet of like it's like tactical military baby gear or something like that oh jesus the changing mat's like a fucking range target uh-huh. is, you know oh, the man. thing you want you think you want for your child to put on is a range target yeah uh-huh. all these people have like some of these people have the most tier one beards that you've ever seen uh-huh. it's Five-star review from Amazon. This bag is awesome. I use it as my diaper work and bug-out bag. That covers it all, <laughs> right? Wait, wait. Okay, this just took a very dark turn. Did you find the bulletproof mat? Yes! Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't know. I guess the ba- Alyssa backpack actually has, like, paneling that you can put in it. That at Tesco Baby Gear, we hope your family never faces a crisis more severe than a full diaper on a long road trip. We also recognise the dangers families face in this day and age, which is why every one of our diaper bags and backpacks have been designed since day one to accommodate body armour and keep you and your yeah. loved ones safe. For $175, you can get a bulletproof backpack panel. Yep. Holy crap, this is terrifying. Oh, that was weird, right? Yeah, it's it literally just like Kevlar plate. Like it's it's exactly the same thing that your division agent pulls out of their armor of the division two. It's just a Kevlar plate. That is certified to stop anything from a three seventy five sig to a forty four magnum. Fuck. I don't know. That's too. This starts as a joke, but I get real dark very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm leaving this website now. Ladies and gentlemen of the internet, this is the Gaming to Start podcast for the 16th of April 2019. My name's Callum. My name's Ewan. And it is April, right? I did say that, right? It is 100% April, yes. Oh god, okay, cool, that's fine. Um, Yeah, so apologise for last week for having to skip a week because I stop existing when it comes to WrestleMania time and I kind of dig myself in a little hole and stay up until ridiculous hours in the morning watching people wrestle you were basically um, out of contact for most of that weekend like yeah you become you become nocturnal for several days yes, because exactly. all, all the wrestling happens late at night so you just you watch all of that and then you sleep during the day and then you wake up at like two in the afternoon i've always treat, just, i've always treated it i always assumed that you treat it like a kind of um prep for e3 it's like okay let's yeah, see if i can still do this yeah i guess so yeah <laughs> like it, it's it, for yeah, it, it's slightly different for for E three because we like we get up and we do stuff at E three. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when we wrestle, when we wrestle, when, when we you wrestle, wrestling, yeah, totally. yeah. When we watch wrestling, like we're all like drinking and, and like enjoying ourselves and all that sort of stuff. So we're not like waking up at eleven the next sure. day or whatever. Like yeah, we're yeah. sleeping as long as possible. I will say um, I only want to. I, I sent you this comic that appeared in my Twitter feed at one point, but I would like to only refer to wrestling now as costumed murder gymnastics because I think it's a much more descriptive accurate, term yeah. about what's actually happening there. Like the wrestling is it's, kind of secondary at this point. Yeah, like it's just kind of yeah, it's more about watching the the cool shit happen yeah. and all the. I don't. I, I don't want to turn this podcast into a wrestling talk because every other gaming podcast is doing this right now. But yeah, like, yeah. I hear it was good. Uh, yeah, the the most of it was the NXT, good. The NXT show on Saturday was really, really good. Uh, the Ring of Honor show had its ups and downs, but largely was pretty good. 
WrestleMania was pretty good. Kofi Kingston again, winning uh, appeared to be a big deal. Was big deal. Yeah, that was really good. That was the kind of story that came out of nowhere and was like grassroots people behind the underdog style thing. And he came out and won and that was really good. And I heard somebody talking about the, the fact that this WrestleMania was them going, ah, fuck it, and let everyone have the 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 wins that people wanted. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of, it's, it's accepted tradition that at some point in WrestleMania, WWE are going to fuck you and like pull a swerve and make sure like some person that you don't want to win wins or like some heel wins that everybody hates or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But this is like the first time that like all the faces won and everybody that was supposed to win won. So it was just this kind of like nice feeling of like, oh yeah, like everybody did it. Yeah, and, like, it's strange, strange that Kofi like, Kingston won and Becky Lynch won and all these people that were supposed to win actually won, which strange was a strange to, Strange moment. to think that the people who want a thing to happen would be happy when the thing happened, which never normally happens in wrestling. strange and everybody was like pretty impressed by the whole thing. And it was, uh-huh. yeah, there were only like, there were a couple of dud matches, but like it was largely overall pretty good. Then I come to think of it, it kind of really was a kind of Callum Fortnite, really, because you had all your wrestling stuff, and then the Star Wars celebration's happening right now. Or yeah, that was, the yeah, the Star Wars celebration is still going on, I think. Yeah. I don't know what there still is to talk about, because they've just spent, like, three days on a live stream just yeah. talking about everything. But um, but yeah, definitely, I mean, we talked a little bit about this off-air, or before we started, but, like, yeah. the game looks good, the theme park I was like going to say are we not going to save this for news when we talk about all we'll the probably, Star Wars we'll stuff probably talk, well yeah but I mean the game stuff yes but like the the, the stuff they talked about the theme park you seemed oh, particularly yeah. interested in that was that was super cool I'm really excited I'm definitely I, I if I didn't already have to go which I did I now definitely have to go uh, because it sounds insane what they're doing there so let's it, let's see what they're talking about today on the thing oh they're talking about the Mandalorian which is the series yeah, it's like a Netflix series or whatever it is. Oh, well, it it's Netflix, on their, their, their Disney service. Plus thing, yeah. Uh, behind the scenes... Be, of... The only reason that I get Disney Plus is to go <laughs> and see The Mandalorian, but... Uh, behind the scenes of The Cantina, designing episode one, a conversation with Alan Tudyk. Sure. ILM Model Shop. Sure. Sneak, sneak peek of The Clone Wars and something about the archives. Mm. And then on Monday, the Star Wars Celebration Tattoo Competition, because apparently that's Oh, the thing. great. Okay. Cool. Um, and then Star Wars Resistance. What's Star Wars Resistance? Is that the follow-on from Rebels or something? Uh, I don't even know. Hang on. Okay. But it's season two, Star apparently. Star Wars Resistance. I don't actually know what is that, that is. Was that their, like, what even is this? Oh, it's the, it was their Disney XD thing that they did. I can't remember this. Like, so I never it, watched it. Like, I think it, this was actually for kids, so I don't think I ever watched it. But uh, So they didn't have, like, three different... Doesn't like see like they've got Rebels, Clone Wars, and well, Clone Wars doesn't run anymore. Like, oh, is that done? Anymore. Oh, that I think Clone Wars is done. Okay, fair enough. Sadly, because um, Clone Wars was really good. I heard. So I heard it's pretty done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's just it, it's interesting. So to now see. it's just it's just Rebels and this Resistance thing, whatever sure. that is. Yeah, Star Wars still popular as it turns out. What was your turns as, out? Yeah, as as your as a, as a resident expert, what was your opinion mm. on the nine trailer? Teaser. It was thing. cool. Like there, there is. They seem to be. I, I, the whole, the name of like Rise of the Skywalker is interesting because like obviously looks dead now. So it's not. I don't and know what that means. As far as we can tell, she's not a Skywalker. So she's not a Skywalker because they had that whole thing that was really good of saying, "No, your parents were no one. Like yeah. they weren't anybody special." Yeah, it was cool. But people are speculating online that like because all the Jedi are dead and. It's like Ray's going to be the new driving force or whatever. They're going to call themselves 
Skywalkers. Yeah. Skywalker becomes an honorary title as opposed yeah. to yeah, That's... which is weird, but sure like i don't understand why you can't just use the word jedi but that's fair enough very confused by poe dameron's costume choice costume choices where he just looks like nathan drake like like yeah. just looks like nathan drake they just have the they just have the the, the generic this man is a rogue style thing but of, it's like he's yeah. wearing a loose t-shirt and the yeah. yeah like lots of khaki and an neck scarf and you're like yeah okay sure on um, some sort of jungle planet yeah but yeah it was a, it was a cool trailer she did that cool flip over that that was that was a cool interceptor that was the cool moment yep. um, if you want if you ever want to see a bunch of people break down every single frame of a trailer pay out a star wars trailer and their yeah, images all over the internet about various parts of it which is which is fucking cool. the fact that the fact that that star wars that star wars theme park is gonna let you build your own lightsaber is just I, unbelievable yeah yeah, um, I need to know. I need to know how that works in like context of a total immersion theme park. Like, yeah, that guy is supposed to be like it's supposed to be like this guy's a scavenger who has like gathered all these parts and mm-hmm. like lets you build a lightsaber. Do but, you like, not? Do you not need to be force sensitive to build a lightsaber? No, the 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 um, the process of building a lightsaber went through the force was part of Jedi training. Like, it was right. supposed to be a thing. It was supposed to be very symbolic because the crystal was tied to you. But it's symbolic. You, you don't, don't actually have need... to be... Okay. Yeah. You know, in the same way, you don't have to be a Jedi to wield one. You don't really have to be a Jedi to build one either. If someone gave you instructions, you could just build it. Okay. It's not... I assume that was part of the... the, the there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff surrounding it that is all very Jedi-focused of, right. like... Students going into the cave to finding the kyber crystal that attunes but it's, to their but force. It's all, and, but it's yeah. symbolic as opposed to... Yeah, you don't like, actually need to do it. Okay, be, fair enough. Because that's when, whenever, whenever people bring up, like, General Grievous and stuff like that, I was like, oh, but he was a Jedi. And he was like, no, he just picked up lightsabers and just used but I thought, them. I, like, I, thought the, I thought the, the narrative description for that was, like, he has part biomechanical, so that biomechanical he's like, he is like 5%, he's like 5% organic. Okay. Like, he's not much organic. Okay. But he also specifically says things like he picks them off off of Jedi he kills and just uses right. them. Okay. Like it's- Fair enough. Fair enough. I suppose that's a good way for you to be able to sell lightsabers to people. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah, you don't have to be force sensitive, you can just have this. But... It would be a real yeah, shitty but- move, though, if they let you build a lightsaber and then they take it off you going, you're not trying to use this. Yeah, this that is would be a real... for a Jedi. Yeah, exactly. This is what we were talking about. We were talking about this before we recorded, where it was like, because this theme park is supposed to be like total immersion and nobody's allowed to break character because it's Disney and stuff like that. If you go out into the park with a lightsaber and then go buy Jedi robes, which you can do, mm-hmm. you can also buy you can also buy like puppet quacky and monkey lizards and stuff like that. Really? Which looks crazy. Okay. Yeah, like actual it's weird. But anyway, okay. if you go out with your lightsaber that you just built with your robes and you for all intents and purposes against cast members are a jedi at that point Mm -hmm. because you're wearing the robes and you have the lightsaber you then i don't know if you then have the ability to quote unquote use the force and like force push cast members and like do stuff to them like mind trick them or choke them or whatever which would seem crazy, yeah. but Disney are crazy enough to say to cast members, "Yep, if someone does this, you have to react." There, there is and there it, is ample evidence of them doing this for other things in the past, so I would believe it. So, have they actually talked about like when in the chronology this area is set? Like, is it? It's first order time. It's, it's first like order around time. About, it's around about the time of like uh, episode nine and eight and right, seven. Okay, so it's like. Yeah, being like openly brand, open carrying a lightsaber 
for instance, yes. would make Open, you... Yes, openly having a lightsaber is a big deal, because right. like, no one fucking has lightsabers at that point. Like, right. zero people have lightsabers. Um, do, they let, do they let you come in with a blaster? Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, like, a, like, a, like a replica blaster? Yeah, because, like... You look at like, <laughs> like you open carry a DL forty four. That's what, like that. that's that what I'm thing. thinking, right? Because like every convention, even the big ones like SCCC and all that, they have very strict rules on like what weapons you can bring in and yeah, what like, you can't. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. if you just walk in with a fucking like hand built blaster, well, like, like so the, the the thing the thing of it would be like they would know what blasters are supposed to look like. Because they would know they would know the blaster replicas that they would sell if they sold them. I don't know if they do. Yeah, yeah. So if you see something that isn't that, that's probably an issue. But it's, I don't know if anybody would have issue like carrying around like a. It's going to be really interesting to see how they balance. Like it's still a theme park that they need people to be safe in with yeah, the totally, total yeah. immersion stuff of like you can bring your blaster but it has to be orange tipped or something like that. I don't know. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. It'd be that'd be hmm. hmm. You have to have or, or an orange tipped. This yeah, thing is this thing whatever. is going to be fucking fascinating to to. to oh, watch. I can't! I can't wait to go. I'm gonna lose my mind. So what, it's gonna be so insane. Be, is the Anaheim one you said? I think Anaheim are the first people to get it. I think. Oh, they, are they rolling out over? I think I think they're doing it in both Florida and Anaheim, but Anaheim are first. I think I'm not 100 so percent sure. That's Disneyland. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Man. Yep. May thirty first, it opens. Wow. Yeah. Huh. It's May. It's May thirty first for for Anaheim, and I can't remember what they said. Where's Anaheim? For... California, right? California. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. We'll need to. Yeah. Okay. I will. I, if I, I I will go and I will do some sort oh, yeah. of like full scale report on the. Uh-huh. I'll 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 bring a fucking microphone and a camera and be like, look at this <laughs> fucking thing. Look, this is my lightsaber. I built this. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I wonder. Mm, okay, we can't keep talking about this because it's the entire podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, we need to have a conversation about when we can go. That would be interesting. <laughs> mm. Do you want to come? Is oh yeah, I'm fucking in for this. Like, I'm not the huge mm. Star Wars person, but I do love the tech behind it and how they fucking build this thing. You want so, to see what it's like? To I want to see what it's like there. A total immersion Star Wars. So universe. To, to actually start to correct this course we're going on they've talked to as well about the the fact that there's a they're doing like an app thing for the park yeah. where like you yeah can you're, start to control you're, stuff. It, it turns you it turns your phone into a data pad basically yeah. but also they're talking about like using the app to like directly control stuff in the park so oh, like, yeah so they said they said on stage that the the app's gonna have like a a back functionality to let you like slice data pads and stuff yep. so you can like hack quote stuff yep and you can, you can like, make cha- stuff happen in the park. You can like make droids move around and change colors of things. And, and, yeah, yeah, that that would be cool. And also, like, that's a fantastic technical challenge. Like, how you do that cross phones at a local range? How do you identify what you're talking to? All that kind of stuff. Um, Unless yeah. you slice computers for for can... people who don't like, it's surprising about people who don't know this. But if people are anyone out there who is actually like technically minded or interested in this stuff. The Disney re- Research have a really good YouTube page, which is like, here's all the shit we're working on. And a lot of it is like very, like, nuts and bolts tech. But a lot of it is like, here's how we fucking build these robots. And here's the, the software that runs behind stuff in the park and all this kind of stuff. It's fascinating. Like, that's where that video, I think I sent you, of the animatronic for the Beauty and the Beast ride. 
Yeah. Which just looks like the movie, like, or just looks like CG. Like, that robot moves in really fantastic... The animatronic, sorry, moves in really fucking amazing ways. And they go into, like, how they did it and what it looks like behind. And there's a picture of, like, the Bell animatronic without the face on it. And it's fucking terrifying. Like, it's, like, Mm -hmm. Terminator levels of, oh my god, what is this horrific monstrosity that's doing it? Um, Yeah, people should look at that YouTube page. It's awesome. Um, yeah, the, 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 there's a lot of. It turns out Disney have a lot of very smart people that work for them. That, that was very talented. There was a there's long, there was a long period of time, like while I was in uni and stuff like that, where I was like, I would that would be who I'd love to work for. Like what, Disney, yeah, like the Imagineers stuff. Go like, be an Imagineer. Yeah. yeah, that would be incredible. Um, that'd be a cool. That'd be a cool gig. That'd be a really cool. Mm-hmm. And I'd know all this stuff, and I could get you in the park for free. That'd be awesome. That'd be true. You'd get me into <laughs> Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Anyway, um, do we have games? I think we, I've got a couple. I've got a game I can talk about. Let's talk about your game then. Okay. Um, so the only thing that I've been playing that isn't Destiny or Division or yeah. all the other things that I sit and play on the back burner is I picked up a copy of Pathfinder Kingmaker. What um, on earth is that? So Pathfinder Kingmaker is a CRPG. Oh, that is right. Yeah. Uh, I I picked it up because it's it came out a while ago, but it's one of these like passion projects of the developer where they keep like tweaking it and fixing it and fixing it, and now people are saying it's really good. So I picked it up. Okay, um, and it's like Chris Avalon's had a hand in writing in it. Oh, okay, sure. The guy who's written some of the best CRPG royalty. Yes, he, the, yeah. the the guy wrote Planescape Torment. He can do whatever he wants yep. at that point. It's um, yeah. So he had a hand in writing in it. And it's a CRPG. What the, sorry, what was the thing recently that it was announced he had? He's writing, and um, uh, uh, Dying Light Two. That's the thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. He's he's having it, which makes me way more interested in playing Dying yep. Light Two for sure. Um, but yeah, so, so Pathfinder Kingmaker is the CRPG based on the Pathfinder role playing system. Yep. Uh, and Pathfinder is effectively Dungeons and Dragons three point five, but fixed. Yeah, it's because, like a fork of that rule set, and then they simplified yeah, a bunch of it. Three point five was a set uh, RPing system for crazy people, kind of. <laughs> yep. Where three point five became more about how do you outsmart and beat the DM more than it is about right. role playing and yeah. like being in the moment and stuff. Because it all became about this monster has this resistances. How can I get around these resistances and like playing off? And it was a Weird it, it feel, thing. It feels like they turn because they're like, as a man who has very limited knowledge of five, because that's what I'm kind of involved in at the minute. Like, yeah. looking back at some of the stuff that was involved in three, three point five, that seems it seems like they wanted yeah, to turn it into. Nuts. A, yeah. It seems like they wanted to turn it into basically a board game, like kind of all yeah, of so this, the people. Yeah, mechanics the people that like three point five and still pay three point five are people that want to do very specific crazy high level things with characters right like there are things you can do where you end up with like a warlock who can spout 60 foot claws that count as natural weapons and stuff like that they can cut through buildings and stuff yeah, you yeah. can do wild shit in 3.5 it's just not a good system for role-playing sure whereas like fifth ed is a good system for role-playing and also a good tactical combat game yeah, so it's totally. like both um but Pathfinder is basically 3.5, but slightly more fixed. Right. It's also in Kingmaker. So the, the 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 initial premise. I'm about to finish Act One in Kingmaker. So the initial premise is that in the Pathfinder universe, uh, 
there is a a spout of land that has been taken over by bandits mm-hmm. that are next that are next to a bigger empire, and that empire empire gathers a group of adventurers and says to them, "If you can route these bandits from this land, the land is yours, and you can set up your own country effectively mm-hmm. there, your own kingdom, and we will we will finance this, the building of your capital, and you can set up your own area." To yourself mm-hmm. that's the initial premise uh that is it's holding true now but obviously it's going to spiral off somewhere of course um but what it leads to is a game that is has advanced crpgs in as much as it has improved like the graphics and the interface mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's a very easy thing to use mm-hmm. but has stuck to a very traditional interpretation of rule set for a CRPG. Right. So it follows Pathfinder almost to the letter, and everything that you do is based on dice rolls. So, so is it's it... not. It is not like Divinity. It is not like Path uh, Pillars of Eternity or Tyranny or any of these things where it is just like you have stats and these stats impact directly how you do things. Yeah. It is like even if you have the highest uh, trickery skill that helps you disarm traps you can still roll on that one and right. trigger the trap and hit yourself and so, like there's a lot of there's a lot of combat that feels it's a very very traditional feeling crpg like it feels a lot like Baldur's gate and so, Neverwinter so, in terms, Nights, so in terms of where combat, a lot of combat is you attacking something and missing a lot because you're rolling low right. so it's, it's not that, it's not i'm assuming it's not it, the combat is like those games where it's like it's real time but you can pause is that the kind yeah. of model okay yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It's still it's all real time, but you will be pausing a lot to queue up attacks and like right. deal with tactical positioning and sure. But it 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 does it does lead to a lot of the same problems that Baldur well not kind of a lot of the same problems Baldur's Gate had because where combat can devolve into everybody misses each other mm-hmm. because it's just you're just not rolling the dice and eventually someone's gonna hit somebody instead of it being more regimented, which yeah, kind yeah. of slows it down. It's less bullshit than Baldur's Gate, where it was like, because that was based on advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which had like fucking crazy rules against like armor classes and mm-hmm. Thaco was a thing and like ridiculous Gosh. stuff. Yeah. This doesn't have that. It is just based on like dice rolls and you try and beat their AC and that's it. Like cool. that's, it's, okay. it's easier to understand in that respect, but it does feel very traditional. How much? Like incredibly traditional. How much knowledge of the base systems do you need to be able to get into I it? have no I have no knowledge of Pathfinder. Okay. I've never played Pathfinder. But, but you do have a lot um, of D experience. So, so I was talking you... I was talking to someone about this uh recently where uh they were we were we were having a conversation about this in the context of like how can you how can you actively play and enjoy CRPGs like Pathfinder and like Baldur's Gate? Mm-hmm but then actively call games like Dark Souls shit because you're like, you you can point at things in Dark Souls and realize they're broken and mm-hmm. say that they're shit and then reel against it. Mm-hmm. But I can also point out things that are really shit and broken in Baldur's Gate and in Pathfinder, oh, but I can deal with it. And we were having this conversation of like, because I have history with this genre, and mm-hmm. the example that I was given to this person was, so Pathfinder has... One of the worst things in old school role playing systems, which is stat damage, which is like if you get poisoned mm-hmm. or attacked by magic or some sort of weapon, it, it drains your stat. 
Mm-hmm. So it will take away like your deck stat or your constitution right, right. stat or whatever. And if that goes to zero, you die. Okay. Where so if you go into a for example, the situation I found myself in, a cave full of snakes, and you do the normal thing of like you send your big armored fighter in, and one of the snakes gets past you and starts hitting your rogue and drains their their decks down to like a negative three, mm-hmm. you suddenly go why is my rogue missing all of its attacks? Oh, because their dex is at a negative three. They're basically useless at this right, point. Right, right. And it is really old school in that respect of like, you get this stat damage that stacks and doesn't go away unless you have like a treat poison spell or a potion or something like that. That remains permanently until you deal with it. So does that mean in or, the system there's no health then it's just like if you're stuck no, things can things can still deal hit point damage. Okay. Like if you get hit by a sword it still deals hit point damage okay. it's just specific things deal stat based damage right, and it is you. and like effects like blindness and stuff like that like if a mage casts blind and blinds one of your guys mm. they are blind permanently unless you have remove blindness as a spell or a potion of remove blindness right. or something like that whereas newer systems realize that that's complete bullshit and let it fall off after a while or realize that the spell should only last until the end of combat or when you rest it goes away or something like that this game no sticks to its guns and is like now if you're blind you're blind and you need to deal with it which is mm, interesting but crazy at the same time and it's where that doesn't feel doesn't feel broken to me that feels like a design decision well, it's, it's the entire reason it's there is because it's based on an older reason. Of, it's all based on an older version of Dungeons and Dragons, right? And that's how that was designed. But it also and feels they like they could have stuck to that rigidly and yeah, went, they, okay, they could, let's. They could have made concessions since it's a video game. Yeah, with they absolutely video game could. Style. But so here's the thing that it does that I actually really like is that they let you choose if you would like it to make concessions like that. Oh, interesting. So they have they have a big page that is just called difficulty, mm-hmm. and it is filled with switches and sliders and triggers that let you fine-tune everything about that game. Interesting. Where it is is like, do you want statuses to be removed on rest? Do you want statuses to be removed at the end of combat? Do you want poisons to be removed at the end of combat or on rest? How much damage should enemies deal? How much? It's a really interesting counter-argument to the larger discussion that's happening in gaming right now where people are like, ah, hard games and easy games and stuff. This is a game that is like, this thing can be as hard as you want it to be. They don't care. They they will give you like easy, easy, normal, hard things that will set up that page in a specific way. Right, yeah, the presets. But you can find, yeah, you can fine tune it as much as you want. That's brilliant. Okay. I took, I took the liberty of turning on the thing that says, upon rest, remove all poisons and conditions. Sure. Because that is, insane that that is a thing that they still want you to have to deal with and you're a person who plays a lot of these games and enjoys this genre and is like like neck deep in what these games do but even you are like no fuck this yeah i played all of baldur's gate i played all of baldur's gate 2 where you spend the mid portion of that game fighting monsters that exclusively uh petrify you level drain you and stat drain you yeah constantly like that is just the entire midpoint of that game is your entire party gets petrified and drained of levels and drained of stats yeah and it is complete bullshit because that's just how <laughs> ndd works yeah um i mean we were that's we, a, it's, it's appropriate to what that's supposed to be but it is still just like 
you can't do this to people. You have to realize that this is crazy, right? Totally. Like they do, and they say like, "Here is a switch that lets you deal with it." Yeah, like we, we were talking because we've been talking on and off about this this difficulty, this Sekiro conversation, yeah. as it's been being called. Um, and I've got a number of issues with the conversation, but like talking about Obviously, how pe- yeah. how people do difficulty in games is interesting because like my like my equivalent to what you're talking about is like what they added to XCOM two, like one of my favorite games of all time. But I suck at it. Like I'm not good at those games, yeah. but I fucking love them. So them having that difficulty page that they added, which was like, which parts of this game do you want to modify? So I started a game on, I think it was on normal, but the things I adjusted were double time for the missions that you have, like have a turn limit of like you need to get to this thing and destroy this thing in six turns mm-hmm. because yeah. it was never fun because it was never it, it felt broken like to me it felt broken because it was you never had enough time to be able to do with it deal with it yeah in the way they totally. wanted so i switched that off for instance and then but they've got the level of control you have in that game to be able to customize that stuff is great like you know just like how long the advent um timer is and like you like percentage like how much chance like will you ever get critted in one go and kill people yeah like, that kind of stuff and it's it feels like games that are mechanics heavy like this like pathfinder like um like civ would be another interesting one which i think they do have some of that stuff where you can really customize what you want your game to be yeah civ can let you do that yeah. like that feels like a natural extension of like of difficulty level specifically like i'm not talking about accessibility that's a whole other conversation yeah, yeah difficulty levels like that feels like a really natural thing for yeah people to it add it was a thing it was a thing that i was really shocked by and actually came to really like about pathfinder was that they give you so much choice and because it means that the people developing the game have seen Pathfinder and have realized that there are problems with it and have tried their best to implement it and also correct it. Yeah. By just like it goes into like the detail of like how much how much is a crit multiplier in your game? Like mm-hmm. how much how much do you want damage to scale when somebody crits? Do you want them to crit at all? Do you want that damage to be the same? Do you want it to be doubled? Like how does that work? Like there are so many options that can they you, can go into. Can you export those settings as like a named difficulty level? Uh, like, I doubt. I doubt it. Okay, I'm, I'm just thinking. I like, think it, just, it, it goes to it just goes to like custom difficulty at that right, point. Okay, it'd be interesting. Like, if there was a shareable, like, hey, here's like here's a good way if you've played a bunch of D and D but not Pathfinder, and here's this yeah, the bullshit. You could, and... you could you could effectively like get it to the point where it's almost fifth ed, like almost yeah. There's still some stuff that, like, Fifth Head doesn't have stat damage and stuff like that. Right. Because they realized that was a problem and took it out. Exactly. But that was... But you, cool. you can eliminate it to the point where it's not really a problem, which I did, because fuck it. But that's... Sure. It's, it's really... it's really. I was really, really impressed by that specific aspect of it. Um, I've not gotten far enough to see, like, the actual running a kingdom interface yet. Uh, I'm oh, but that, that is a big part of it. That's that that is that's a bullet point on the theme page is like run a kingdom and like obviously you're going to go deal with these bandits and get that bit of land. But sure. I don't know what that means at that okay. point. Um interesting. But yeah, it's and the obviously the writing's really good. Like it's I wouldn't be playing it if the writing wasn't as good as it was, but like the the they've obviously they've done the fantasy thing of like there's some there's obviously some sort of big bad that has some sort of massive intrigue that is like playing stuff in the background. You're your party are really interesting. There's a lot of really interesting characters in your party mm-hmm. that are like 
they have like the the female barbarian that comes from a tribe of like a, a tribe of barbarians in the mountains that don't let women become warriors so she had to like fight prejudice and stuff to become the warrior that she is and right, right the really interesting one the really interesting one that i like is there's a there's a paladin called valerie who is and this is this is something that i didn't realize because i've never touched the pathfinder universe mm-hmm. but which so i'm learning about pathfinder as i'm playing this right and there is a sect of uh there's a sect of paladins that are effectively they effectively worship art they are like oh. artists Huh. So they see they, they see combat as a method of expression, effectively. Interesting. And they so they have like a rule that says that if somebody if somebody asks for mercy, they have to grant it because it's not about killing. It's, it's about not, it's about expression. Performance. Yeah. Okay. It's about expression. And the, I was talking to her about this, and she was like, she's apparently like, um, she was taken in for her beauty, but she she hated that about herself, and it was this conflict of like the religion versus how she felt. On oh. the inside, really cool character. But the thing that I liked about it a lot was the the she was explaining stuff about her sect mm-hmm. and said this line of like, if someone asks for mercy in combat against the paladin of the Holy Rose, I think they're called. Yeah, if someone asks for mercy, they have to grant it. And they mm-hmm. said, I, I, I said to her like, I was like, that doesn't make any sense because you're in combat. Like, how? What is that? They said they teach they teach you that you give mercy to someone that asks for it because they could go and create some great work later down the line. Oh, they aren't, okay. They aren't, you shouldn't see them as an enemy or like a combatant or something like that. They are potential for a great work. They could right. go and create the next great painting or work of music or something. So it's interesting so that they, they ask, are... If they, mm-hmm. if they ask for mercy, there is something in their soul that is trying to get out, apparently. Interesting. So see that as potential for a great work. Huh. Which is a fascinating way of seeing the paladin dynamic and like the the reason of like combat and it's a really interesting little moment so there's like a whole whole bunch of really cool things in it so what's their motivation for like why you would ever obviously combat itself is an expression but like how do they how do they like how do, how do they envision the people that they're fighting? Well, they're still they're still of a holy sect right, that so has a god. So they're still they're defending still their... Will, okay. Yeah, there will, there will still be people that combat their ideology and their belief and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it is like more about the performance and the the idea of it being a great work right. than it is about the fight itself. It's kind of like a more... Ad- ad- yeah, okay. That's, that's they're less They're less huh. martial paladins, more yeah. they're they are like performers yeah it's weird that's how it's they a really show interesting their... spin on it yeah that's how they show their devotion of... yeah exactly there's a, there's a bunch of really cool characters in it that all have um like the the your the bard that's in your party is like from a big city or like from a small town and she wanted to get she left following a uh a writer mm-hmm. and like let, because she just wanted to get out of her town and found the books fascinating sure and spent her time reading and then went to a bard college and is now has run away from her bard college because she felt like they were kind of like directing vision like they were trying to make her do specific stuff that she didn't want to do when she right. felt like bard should be able to express himself however so she goes out into the world and becomes an adventurer to find the great hero that she can write her book about oh okay. so she spends so she finds you and decides that you are that one because of course you are you're the player character yeah, yeah. um and it it reflects on the game dynamic because your journal that you use to track your quests and stuff mm-hmm. are Lindsay, which is her name, her book, 
is that. Oh, interesting. So everything, everything is done from the perspective of Lindsay, so it's all done in like second or third person. It's That's weird. cool. So okay. it's instead, instead of it being like, uh, you need to go do this, it is our leader did this and this is what happened. Sure. Or we did this. Or like, it's it's it, it was a weird thing of like the story playing with the mechanic of the game. It was yeah, a yeah. strange moment, but it's really cool. Mm. Um, and like your your cleric is like a guy whose god is actually the god of, is a, is a god that embraces finality. So it's like, instead oh. of it being like, a, he's not like a holy... I'm here for God and healing. It is a God that says that everything that you see will eventually stop and end. So you have to accept that. And like, it's a weird God, but again, it's really interesting. But yeah, it's super cool. It's really well written. The characters are really interesting. And there's... Pathfinder is its own like world, right? Like it's not not like an offshoot of... No, it's not. It's not Forgotten Realms. It's its own thing. So huh. they, they 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 throw it and they do the they do the pillars of eternity thing of like highlighting names so you can hover That's over it. That's such a good system. That really such is. a good idea. It's it, I'm glad that it's a thing that everybody picked up and decided yeah. to do because it means that you can just understand like when that when your cleric starts talking about Gorum and you don't know who Gorum is and you highlight over it and it says oh it's the god that accepts the finality of it life just, and it's such tells a simple it and, it's just a, such a simple solution to the the like the the fiction problem of like oh you don't know who Gorham is well Gorham is the and it's just this dialogue yeah. that doesn't make any sense it's the, it's the, it, it, get, it gets over the the old school CRPG thing of meeting a new character and having your main character go tell me all of your beliefs human. totally and yep, like, yeah exactly um, and like, it lets you naturally get it as opposed there was to something I was watching recently that I I'm always fascinated to see how like media solves those problems of like how do you do setup without actually doing yeah. setup and uh, yeah i was watching um umbrella academy which is oh, yeah. uh, the netflix yeah. series um which is really fucking good by the way and um it, like there's a lot of like backstory to set up there because there's like five or there's like seven main characters and like why they're together and what the umbrella academy is and why they're all why this thing has happened and all this kind of stuff and it's taken it, like they're really taking their time in explaining like the, these characters backstories and how they're doing it and they're doing it in a way that doesn't feel forced like, it doesn't yeah. feel like, oh, we're having a deep moment, so I need, I need to explain why I am this way, even though you're my brother and you already know all of this. But, yeah, like, it's, yeah, I, I enjoy watching as people try and solve they are, that problem. They, they've, they've done, they've taken the right things to make the CRPG genre more accessible, yeah. which is, like, Good. cut out all the bullshit that is, like, crazy. <laughs> which is which is great, and, like, this kind of mix of, like, we've simplified the story, or we've made it streamlined the story part and the narrative part. But the mechanic yeah. stuff is really still there if you want it. But then, but then, yeah, you can drill and make it as hard as you can. Yeah, but they exactly. also give you these options of difficulty of like scaling stuff and making it more. Yeah, totally. they have this really, really good, or so far, really good story with really interesting characters and gameplay that you can basically tune to your heart's content to make yep. it the game that you want. Totally, which is perfect. That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing with that genre instead of making that. Games like Baldur's Gate are so inaccessible to people, and <laughs> yeah. they can people can never like. Whenever I say to someone you should play Planescape Torment, and they try it, and they're like, "I don't understand how this game works." It's a genre it's, that's so heavily caveated when you talk to people. Yeah, it's, it's like so you should play this, bad. but yeah. yeah, because again, like there is still to this day, I don't think a game that is better written than Planescape Torment, right? And ninety percent of people are not going to see it because it's so hard to get into, and you will bounce off it. Which entirely, so when you see, 
stuff like this that is actively trying to let people play it they want, totally. the way they want and helping them in the process by giving them all these information titles it is a great thing to see. Which is entirely so, wraps back around to the, those guys. Which entirely wraps back around to the difficulty conversation that people have been having is like, yes, like the more people you can expose to the good parts of a game regardless of what their skill level is or their interest in specific mechanics is just a good thing. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. So, yeah. You should cool. you should you should actively try and let people play your video game. Totally. Is... If you created a bunch of stuff, it makes no sense to gatekeep it behind the size of your EP. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But yeah, so that's cool. that's the game I've played. It's really good. It's really cool. I'm going to keep playing more of it because Sweet. I want to see how this turns out. But yeah, really cool. interesting. Um, so I've got a couple of things, but a lot of it is kind of very simple. Um, been, I lost a weekend to Satisfactory, the early access game. I'm not going to talk about it here. There's a video going up the week you're hearing yeah. this. The, vi- the video can show off what that thing is. Yeah. You will know, like, I say it in the video, but like you'll know very quickly if this is a game that you should be interested in or not. Um, yeah. And we started last night playing um, Yoshi's Crafted World, the Switch oh, yeah. game. Yeah. Um, Again, to speak about the difficulty conversation, that game starts with an option that's like you can play in mellow mode or normal mode, I think is what they call it. And like mellow mode is like, hey, you're just want to fuck around and have fun in this cool world. And then the other one is like, this is for the normal mode description is like, this is for experienced gamers. And you're like, that's a very un Nintendo way of saying that, but sure. Yeah. So we're just we were just playing in normal and it's not as easy as I thought Yoshi games were. Like there's a lot of we died a lot, and it's surprising. Like it's it. The, it's a it's a real uh, platformer. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a real platformer, and also like they don't. So there is a two player mode in it, and the two players like just it's another Yoshi, except you get a couple of extra abilities where you can ride on the other part. So and it's and again, it's it's a weird mix of stuff, right? Where if you have two Yoshis. You can jump on one Yoshi's back, and the other person just controls like movement. So, like, if there is a situation where you're like, "Ah, fuck, I can't get past this part," you can jump on the other person's back, and they can actually do the like the platforming bit of it, and then you can jump off and yeah. move on. Um, but the problem with that is like the way you do that is you literally just jump on their head, and it jumps on their back. So, the amount of times we did that accidentally under oh sure, sure pressure sure, sure. Yeah. is is a lot. Like, it happened a lot. And once you do that, you're like, fuck, where am I? I can't see what's happening. There's things everywhere. Um, and then the other thing as well is, like, you can obviously, like, Yoshi being Yoshi, you, you eat things, it turns it into eggs. You can also eat your partner and throw them across the level. Very easy to do accidentally as well. Like, very easy to do accidentally. Especially that when happened a lot. <laughs> especially when you're playing on a console whose controller you're not that used to, considering the oh, other games sure. that you play. Yeah. And also, like... The jump button is not where I think the jump button should be, so I keep just swallowing mm-hmm. random parts of the environment as opposed to jumping and missing jumps and all this kind of stuff. Um, but the actual game itself is fucking adorable. Like, holy shit. Like, so the whole point of, like, so obviously Yoshi's Woolly World was the last one? Yep. Um, oh, Yoshi's Willy... Crafted World? Is that the new one? The new one's Crafted World. The last one was Willy okay, World. Yeah. Willy, Willy World sounds right, yeah. So this one is like, hey, Yoshi's still made of... Uh, well, no, Yoshi's like made of felt and everything is like crafted. So like it's cardboard... It's bits of cardboard painted to look like fish. It's like houses that are stood up with tape. Um, all of the clouds in the air are hanging from wires with like tape behind them, all that kind of stuff. It looks really, really good. And then 
the the other part of it is they get a lot of use out of each of the individual levels where you play mm. it you once you complete a level at some point you start to play you can play it backwards to do it um to do like extra stuff and and get kind of extra coins and extra sunflowers which are your main currency um but the, when it does the the flip side which is what they call it you are physically like the camera does a 180 and you're looking at the back of all these levels so you see the construction much clearer so you start to right, see like sure. oh this thing that's here is actually a can that's been painted because they haven't painted the back of the can because nobody's ever going to see it and like here's your fake um fake chocolate bar that's quite clearly you're using the foil out of and all that kind of stuff it's just really nicely put together um and yeah it seems cool like again the two-player thing is really chaotic like it's yeah, it's a lot, but um, we literally just started last night, so we're not. Well, that's not, not that's too kind of the thing it. that everybody said about the um, the Mario games, where it was like, oh, oh it's a four just, player. Like, said, uh, yeah, yeah, it was like a simple like the the Wii one and the Wii U one, where it was like, oh, it's a simple like two D Mario game, totally. and then you realize that everybody can like pick each other up and throw them off of yeah. ledges and get in the way of each other and totally. stuff. Like really difficult. The idea that the characters have collision on them with each other is enough to make you make it a real problem. Um, if it just becomes chaos, so yeah, yeah, you do get the advantages of like, yeah, you don't you don't die in game over as much because you can just rescue the other person, but also you don't yeah. have to deal with like, yeah, don't swallow your partner. Ugh. Oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't swallow your partner. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Um. So was that, and the other thing I, I spent a bunch of time with was um, what is the name of that game? Mutant Year Zero, because that. Oh came yeah. Through- that came the, through the, as a humble bundle monthly. Well, your last tactics game with the yeah. dog and the pig. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool and f- it's an interesting setup. Well, narrative setup and also like mechanic setup for a game where so there's been some post-apocalyptic thing and like all your the characters an, always, an event. Yeah. yeah, and all the characters talk about like the like the pre the what they call, do they call they don't call them the precursors but they call them like the people who lived here before basically um and there's obviously been some kind of fallout where like people have the animals have the, the animals have now become like more sentient and are speaking and are actually like part of the community and all that kind of stuff yeah so you go out as as stalkers out from the main area called the ark which is like the last human civilization that's there and you go out to the rest of the world to get scrap and get items enough for people to live and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the structure like of the actual game is kind of cool, where it is a real t- so you real time like walk about the world. Um, you have conversations with people. You you kind of um, explore and pick up scrap and find treasure and all this kind of stuff that's out there. And there's there's like kind of real time conversations happening. And then once you encounter um, enemies. It doesn't immediately switch into like combat. You have a moment where you can like position all of your individual characters, and then oh, and then at some point somebody can go okay, go, and at that point it then turns into turn based. But you're still not you're still not being discovered. Like you're still hidden, um, and then at that point you can start like you get everyone in position. You say go. It turns turn based in the same level. Like it's not even like it switches level. Like, it's just, like, in the same world. It just, like, a mm. grid just appears. And then you start to do stuff. And it's very, like, the mechanics of it, the combat stuff, are, are very XCOM. Like, it's turn-based. You have two action points you can use. Like, you can sprint to use two and not fire. And there's perks that, like, you run and gun. Like, I think the perk is literally actually called run and gun. Um, there's, um, like, the concept of, like, silenced weapons that won't 
show you. There's Overwatch. I can't remember what they call it. They call it something else, but it's basically Overwatch. Like, all of the mechanic stuff is still there. The difference is that, like, it's kind of brutally difficult if you fuck up. So, like, you do have... I was going to say, I, I heard that game was, like, super hard. It's, <laughs> it's not... If you're careful, like, it's not... As long as you don't do dumb shit... Like, you at least... And I, I'm not that far into it. Like, I'm maybe three, four hours in. And, like, it's manageable. But, like... So that the 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 character death system is kind of what you would expect from from um, XCOM. Where, like, you go down, you bleed out for five turns. And if nobody saves them, they're dead. Permanently, it seems. Um, and I don't know how the story goes on in that case. Like, if a character dies... Like, one of the main characters die. Like, I assume it's just game over. But I'm not entirely yeah, sure. Yeah, um but so yeah so they if they go down they bleed out you have to get to them with a med pack and med packs are consumable items like there's nobody has an inherent like um heal skill like you apply a med pack to save them and they cost money and if you run out of them in the field you're just fucked um you need to either find them in the world or go back to the ark and buy more and um and uh and deal with that um, and then there's some interesting mechanics around like alarms where there's a characters the kind of the the, the bandits basically that, that kind of rove around some of them have what look like basically giant tubas and if you don't okay. take them out first they blast the alarm and four more guys will appear so there's oh, really okay and especially early on like those guys are more armored than it will take like all three of your characters will need to hit to take them down unless you crit so like mm you end up with these really weird positioning things of like, okay, we need to find the tuba guy and focus on him to really get him out of the picture so that we don't get swarmed. Um, and like height plays into it and proper, co- there's like low and mid- uh, high and low cover and, and all this. So there's, um, the mechanics are familiar if you've played th- those kind of games before, but I kind of like the characters and I like the style of it. Um, and I like the, um, the kind of the, the way thing the, the way the story seems to be progressing is super interesting where like yes like your main character is one's a warthog and one is a um, duck a duck yeah and their banter between each other is really good and like they will come across like they will come across a children's playground and be like what the fuck is this why would anyone ever use this what do you think they use this for all this kind of stuff that kind of conversation is is really funny um yeah, it's interesting. I need to put some more time into it, but it's got a really promising yeah, start I'd into it. Remember people saying that it like takes a while to get going, so yeah. maybe it's like And the other thing they've got is a they've got a daily challenge mode, I think. They've got a daily challenge thing. Is that a daily challenge? No, it's not a daily challenge. It's uh um kind of like a skirmish mode almost, where they have like set levels and like set enemy creature enemy like setups, but they give you like a bunch of currency to basically tool out your guys and exactly which guys you want to take which is interesting like it's kind of the old um like XCOM multiplayer almost where you're like you have 15,000 points build your units all oh, right that yeah. kind of stuff um which is cool uh, and it would be an interesting way to kind of get good at the combat i think um but it does kind of give away like oh here's all the guns that you're going to potentially get and here's a character you've never met before that you can now choose and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. so i'd maybe wait till you're further in the story to get it um but it's cool it's there and also, there's a expansion hitting in June. I want to say June. It's June or July. There's an expansion for that game coming, so right. it's yeah. worth worth picking up and, and getting into. If, if and you can see, um, that's kind of everything I think I have 
I mean, we've, we've been playing Division and there's not really yeah. much more to say about that. Except that, like, I kind of don't want to talk about what happened with the light bulb. Yeah, there was that one thing that happened that scared the shit out of us. Yeah, and, yeah. like, it's nice to say, like, that game is not afraid to get a bit fucking weird in ways that yeah. I did not expect. Like, I expected... And all the, all the news stories coming out of, like, all the hidden shit that's in that game that people still can't figure out. And, mm. yeah, it's, it seems like there's a lot more to but that like, game. It's, it's one thing to be, like, oh, we've hidden a bunch of codes around there that you can find stuff. But, like, the experience we had was so off the wall that... Yeah, that was pretty crazy. That was... Um, I'm interested did not, to see... Did not expect that to nope. happen. Nope. Nope. And it was a pure accident we made it happen as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's I'm fascinated to see like if they're willing to get fucking weird with this thing, then that's only benefits that game. We're currently what we're about to do the final stronghold or the first stronghold, which is like we're close. To, we're close to the end, yeah. Which we feels like it. if we if we play tonight, we should probably finish. Yeah, it. I think we should do that, and um, yeah. that basically takes us into the end game at that point. Where I, I'm like I'm probably not going to hit thirty at that point, but. No, I won't either. But. but that's like the end of the main content. It seems after after we've done after we've done the main stuff, we can like spend our own time just sort of mopping yeah, up. Totally. And, it's, yeah, totally. It's made like yeah, we just didn't want to. We didn't want to. Um, we want to do the story stuff together. Yeah, probably the strongholds and stuff. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. I also played some multiplayer. Some of the actual con- the competitive multiplayer. It's actually pretty good. Like, it's not going to set the world on fire, but it's is it better or worse than Crucible? That's not a hard thing. Mm, it's different, right? It's much. Yeah. It's slower. And, like, there's something about the ability... Like, there's something about multiplayer where people can hide, like, with, um, like, cover mechanics that is really interesting, where it kind of... It changes how you play those games, right? When I mean, you're just playing mm. Destiny, like, if you need to escape out of a situation, you need to, like, background corners and, like, just put stuff between you and the other person. Yeah. When you have the option to, like, hide behind cover and actually place yourself and you know where people are popping up and all this kind of stuff. Like, I... There's, there are very few games of that type where I can actually be alright as a sniper and actually sit at the back and really yeah, like yeah. actually do my job um, and then that also like because it's 5 on 5 like I've only unlocked like the first tier and it's like 5 on 5 and you start to see that's the point where you start to see some really interesting mixes of the talents where you're like okay like I've got the drone that heals people and the, that guy's got the seeker mind that I'm used to but also like yeah yeah there are two people with the two of the different turrets that serve very, very different purposes. Yeah. And, like, the firefly is actually useful. The, the riot shield. But, the ri- yeah, like, the yeah. riot shield has direct competitive, like, you can see the direct usage of that. and all. It's 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 interesting. I actually need to put some more time in it. It's also a really good way to get chests, just saying. Um, oh, no. I got, like, I did, I did one game, my first ever game, we won, and I ended up with three chests, like, one for my... F- one for like leveling up my conflict rank, one for winning, and one for something else. I can't remember, but like, yeah, I got a bunch of chests out of it, and it was cool. Um, cool. Okay, we should go into intermission, and then we'll get yeah. a little bit of news we want to talk about. But um, is your music? Oh yeah. So this is one of those ones that we've done a couple of times where like I've been listening to the soundtrack and I have no idea what the game's about. Yeah. Like it just appeared. Um, so Big Nick, who's responsible for. A bunch of music, a, a corporate life simulator, Lethal League. Lethal League. He's been in that. Some of his tracks have been in a bunch of games, but he did the soundtrack for a game called Domina, which looks to be like a two yeah. D kind of gladiatorial combat action brawler thing. Um, yeah, it seems that sort of looks like like pixel art three yeah. D. I've never like style. I have never I've never played the game. I've never seen the game in action, but the screenshots I've seen that's kind of what it looks like. But regardless, the soundtrack is interesting because it takes like 
It has music you would expect of a game set in ancient Greek, uh, like Roman times. Like if you were if you were if you were designing a game to take place in ancient Rome, it has that music. But also, yeah. hey, what happens if we fucking add some like synths and drops into it in really cool ways? Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a really cool soundtrack. So this is um, the title track. This is Domina from the Domina um, OST by Big Nick. Uh, if you check posts, you can find links where you can pick that up. It's kind of everywhere. And we'll be back with a little bit of news right after this. Domina from the Domina OST uh, by Big Nick. Check post for links where you can pick the soundtrack up. I've been listening to the first like seven tracks on that a lot. It's kind of good. Yeah, it's you messaging me and telling me that uh, I if put... it means that you you try that game, like that's yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe I maybe I should actually go see what that game is. Maybe I, maybe I won't like the game, but see what the soundtrack's like. Um, so some news that happened. Um, it's a couple of big stories that we'll get into in a bit, but. Um, Borderlands Three got the the yeah. worst the worst kept secret in video games. Yeah, the the thing that got revealed ages ago that we all knew was coming. So there's kind of there's kind of two parts there's kind of two parts to the story. There's like the actual announcement of like yeah, Borderlands Three is coming and mm. it looks like a Borderlands game. It's got four characters, four new mm. characters. There's a lot of characters from the previous games, including Tails. It looked like. Yep, um, they, a lot of people have pointed out that, it, or they actually said that Reese is in it, and yeah, that looks of, that so looks like old man. They're Reese. bringing together all all games, um, and they do the trillions of guns thing. Um, well, guns have legs. There's a gun that had legs. I hope that's a, I hope that's an item you can buy to strap legs onto any of your guns. I, I really don't be... want to give a rocket launcher legs. That seems really? like a bad idea. That sounds amazing. You can. It sounds funny, but it also <laughs> sounds like a method to just kill yourself. Like us. Friendly fire, fire that robot, issue. fire that right. rocket, and yeah, right. yeah. So and like, there's September seventeenth is the thing that's been that signed. Right, yeah. Um, that game's coming out for everything. Um, so the actual announcement was one thing, and then there was the presentation, the Gearbox oh, yeah. live show. So this was done. That at, was fun. This was done at was it Comic Con? Pax. 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 That's what it was. Yeah. Um, this was Pax. Um. And Pax, yeah, Pax East. Pax East. So Gearbox had a panel that there that was like I don't think it was explicitly like, hey, we're announcing Borderlands 3, but that No, they said we're gonna talk about Borderlands. That's what yeah. said. So everyone put put two and two together. And th- what's his face? Um oh Randy Pitchford was Randy just Pitchford. crazy motherfucker about oh, Randy Pitchford. Like as a man who has some currently is in the process of a legal process with some pretty heinous claims against his name he sure as shit yeah. came out on that stage and like fronted that whole thing it was just yeah it was unreal it was crazy and like, he just, did he did, did, his, some, did his little magic show did multiple his, magic shows yeah. with like oh and then man that the the end 
15 minutes of that thing was just painful and like kind of not their fault so they did so they had two trailers to show at the end they had the what is it even called like their big remaster of everything which is not the, the handsome collection like a no different... it's just called the borderlands remastered isn't it i don't know i literally was just looking at it okay i don't remember what it's called now so they've got like basically everything game it's... of the year enhanced that's what there you called. go so it's got like both games well, three games, including the pre-sequel, all of the expansions, all of the everything is in there, all running at 4K on everything, basically. Yeah. Um, and they were like, hey, here's the trailer for the first thing we're going to announce. And it ran at like five frames a second on this so giant yeah. presentation screen. And then they, came, they cut back and it was like, and the team was standing there as well, like members of the development team were standing there and this thing was juddering like shit. And then they cut back and it was like, well, that didn't go as expected, but you know, like here the short answer is it's 4K and blah, 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 blah. and then they were like, it was it was the fact that it the multiple ones juddered and he blamed Pax as opposed to it, that was just a so bad move. The but. assumption the assumption was that they rocked up with a USB stick with a movie file on it without yeah. their own laptop. Yeah, which you know, as a person who's done presentations on equipment that was not my own and tried to do like demonstrations on stuff like that's it can be hairy sometimes like shit does not go the way you expect but the moment when they tried to play the trailer for the second time and it just cut and they were just using like the default windows media player to play this video and you're like there were a lot of there were a lot of vlc jokes yeah i think the the crowd were chanting vlc at one point which i thought was really funny um, but I felt really bad for the development team that were there. Like they're on stage, like talking about the stuff they'd done. They're like, "And here's our work," and it just runs like shit. Yeah. So then after they did that, it was like, "Okay, we think this is working now. We want to make sure this is working for our big reveal." And then they did the the three trailer, which also ran like shit. Yeah. And you're like, man, that you that has to suck. It really sucks for those guys. Yeah. yeah. And like, like the, the the one part like of Pitchford's presentation that felt genuine was like when he said like. It would be a real shame for all these people to have done all this work and for this this reveal to not be exactly the way we expect it. And then eventually they got it working and they played the full trailer and it looks yeah. cool. But man, that presentation yeah, up really to that cool. point was painful to Aw- watch. Awkward as fuck. Ooh, yeah, man. Really. Um, yeah. So there was that. Uh, let's do some of the other small stuff. Um, the No Man's Sky update, which we didn't talk about, um, got announced. Just after the, the, last... the, the VR one. Well, no, the... this is the beyond. So the first part of oh, it all was of it, yeah. yeah. So so there's three there's three parts to this update. Apparently, there is the new multiplayer stuff, which is like prop like closer to like an MMO where you'll just run into people yeah. on planets, um, all that kind of stuff. The second part got announced after that, which is uh, at the Paris. No, there was some Sony presentation. Uh, oh, was there state of the state of the game, state of play? They're, they're, I don't know what you called it. The Sony yeah. Direct, the Sony Nintendo Direct that they did, um, where they were like, oh, by the way, No Man's Sky is getting an entire VR update that you can play the whole game in VR from start to finish, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to fucking play that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so there's that, um, which is cool. And it's coming in... Have they said when it's coming? Later this year, I think they just said. I don't think they've got no an idea. on it. I can't yeah, remember. I can't see it. Um... So yeah, there was that. Um, Halo Master Chief Collection coming to PC. That could be interesting. Yep, that's um, a good one. They are bringing, they're starting with, so they're doing it in a way that's like, they're doing it in a really strange way where they're doing it 
game by game as opposed to like here's everything that at once yeah so it like launches with reach and yeah, then they which bring is out new because that everything. wasn't and then, then they bring it all out chronologically so it's like reach one two three odst and then yeah and reach is the thing that's new that wasn't in the, the xbox one version yeah. as far as i know um and it runs at 4k 60 and and some interesting stuff but the other part of that is it's also coming to steam which just seems why why is that like i'm glad but why is that thing that's happening I, I don't imagine. know if it was just because all the because of all the weird epic stealing stuff, like paying for more to get exclusive stuff has come out. They maybe just like doubled down and like maybe maybe gave them a lot of money for that. Yeah, and potentially. Um, actually, that's like a big deal that people care about Halo. So maybe having all that on your platform is maybe a good idea for those people. But I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of the the so. Sony did their first state of play thing, which is basically their. So it seems like everyone looked at the Nintendo Direct and went, "Oh, we should do that." Um, so like Xbox have their. What's it, is it just called Inside Xbox? No, what's it called? Xbox Insider Media Briefing. Oh no, 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 no. Like they do like a like a every couple of months they'll do like a hey here's some shit and there's a. Oh, is it not Inside Xbox? Is that what it's called? Is Inside Xbox not a YouTube channel? That, like. Is it oh, yeah, Insider? No, that's right. yeah. Xbox Insider or something like that? Anyway. That sounds right. Oh. Sony, Sony are doing it and they're calling it State of Play and they had their first episode. Um, Iron Man VR, which seems like a... It seemed very much like an experience, but a lot of people who played it were actually like, no, this thing's actually pretty good. Um, could be kind of fun. Feel like Iron Man. Was... Yeah, feel like Iron Man. Um, lots of VR stuff. Uh, what's it called? Um... The holiday no vacation simulator, the thing from the job simulator people. That's out. Oh yeah, the thing that, the thing that just came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I need to try that. Like feel. Um, Concrete Genie appeared again, which is a game I'd forgotten fucking existed. What is um, that? I don't even know what that is. That's the remember the game. It was from E three maybe three years ago with the boy with the magic paintbrush drawing stuff on the walls and the characters that came to life. And what was it called? Concrete Genie. Um, uh, you'll know it since you see it. Um. Yeah, it's uh, oh this thing. Yeah, 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 I remember this. So yeah, that's yeah. also getting VR stuff, but it's also coming out this year. Which I again f- like to look at that game back when we first saw it and forgot it existed. Mm. Um, yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, they showed some stuff from a game called Observation, which is something I've been keeping an eye on. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was not intentional. Um, Wait, is that? Oh, that was Observer. Never mind. That was Sorry, Observer. I'm, observation. Yeah, I, I was about to say that that game not come out like two years ago, but yeah, no, no, no. It's a kind of. I don't want to call it a horror game yet. It feels more like a kind of thriller. But basically, you play as an AI in a space in a space station, and so you can only see like all the cameras that the AI has, and there are right. like, real humans in the space station, and it seems like shit's going to go bad at some point. Um, but um, that game's been made in Edinburgh, from what I can tell. Oh, cool. um, nice. They're from the developers of the short story collection called Stories Untold. Which we saw at one of the indie game nights in Edinburgh. Um, there was like there was a there was one that was set up. It was like a text adventure, but it was hooked up to like lights and a projector on the wall. And as they played the game, like the, the room kind of changed color. I okay, sure. Maybe you weren't there for that. We one. we saw we saw a lot of things. I barely remember. Yeah, okay. Well, it was there, so that's cool. Okay, it cool. looks real nice. Excellent, good for those guys. Yeah. Um, Days Gone's coming soon, like next week. No, week two weeks. 
Like is it? Out, yeah, like there's a oh. countdown, there's a countdown happening on Twitter, and I think it's like eleven days or something like that to go. Wow! At this point. All right, uh, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, I, even I even remember being like, "Yeah, that's soon." I didn't realize it was that soon. It's very soon. Is... Um, and then the Mortal Kombat Eleven trailer, which looks. I don't understand what's happening in that. Like, I'm not. A, I don't know the MK lore that much. But even then, mm. holy shit! Like, what the fuck is even happening in that game? Like, it's like time travel and like old characters and meeting new characters and they've yeah, yeah. That's kind of it. Okay. Like they've they, they, they they've done this before where there's like MK stuff where like they resurrect Liu Kang a bunch of times and they bring him back from the past and then there's a different Sub Zero and like it's right. MK's weird. Like. Yeah. The, the, sub, the Sub-Zero that you play in MK3 isn't the same like Sub-Zero from MK2 and like oh, Sub-Zero yeah, like a title that gets passed on or something? Well they're they're all part of the, the same I can never remember the name of Sub-Zero's clan but they're all part of the same like ninja clan oh, yeah, so yeah. when the, that leader dies someone else just comes and Kai, has all frosty hands Kai, and, no Kai I don't know well, there's, the, there's the Lin Kuei but that's Lin Scorpions oh, is that okay. not Scorpions? are they not I both Lin Kuei? I can't remember. Maybe. Oh. Who knows? Um, yeah, that game looks ridiculous. Um, they also announced. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, a couple of other small things. Uh, PSN name changes went live. Uh, yeah. On the tenth of April. Um, I want. I wanted to see if I could get the official. Oh, it is Linkway. Okay, sorry. It is Linkway. I thought that is that's yeah. the masks, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, so we talked about this back when they first announced the beta version of the name change stuff and about how they were saying like we're making no guarantees that any games are going to work after you do this. Like we take no responsibility for this. Oh God, sorry, we tried. Please stop talking to us. Please stop yeah. talking about it. Um, so they've got a page up now, like an official fact, um, which basically has like here's a list of games that. So there's three categories. There are games with no inis- no issues. Games with the issues identified and games with critical issues. And the critical issue oh, ones is like, you might lose in-game currency, you might lose game progress, you might lose trophies, you might lose uh, user-generated content, blah, blah, blah. So it says, and the, the quote from the fact, it says, if you have a game in this category, we do not recommend changing your online ID if you wish to continue playing that game. Just straight up. So you're like, okay, the next question you may ask is, what are these games with critical issues? Well, yeah. Uh, Just Dance 2017, Little Big Planet 3, uh, MLB The Show 14, 15, and 16, On Rush, which is a recent game. That's, yeah, that's really recent. That's... Um, Worms Battlegrounds and The Golf Club 2, which I think is also recent. I'm not entirely sure. Um, so there's currently these 10 games in there that are like, we're making no guesses on this. And yeah. then you go one level down, which is like, hey, you might lose like game settings or it might use your old ID for multiplayer and stuff like that. And then mm. this is like, here's just a big list of stuff like Bloodborne, Absolver, EC4, oh, no. Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, well, that's a bad one, right? Uh, Timefall Two. Fuck with people with Grand Theft Auto Five saves. Yeah, so probably not. Warframe, for instance. Um, oh no! Right. Um, <laughs> how does it fuck with that? That's all server based. But uh, pff, how they connect your account to? I mean, this is the state uh, of it. Yeah, this is the state of it right now. Like, if I was Warframe, I'd probably be patching this pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, Bloodborne's not going to get a patch because they don't care about that game anymore. GTA Five yeah. is getting enough updates where that might get patched. Kind of the thing that surprises me about a lot of this is a lot of first-party stuff in here. Like, it just straight up has issues like that you wouldn't expect. Like Wipeout, for mm. instance, the Mega Collection has issues. Um, 
So yeah. But anyway, that's happening. You can do it if you want. I haven't seen a lot of Twitter buzz about people actually doing it yet, which is interesting, um, considering how much people pushed for it. So who knows? We'll see. Um, This was just a weird story that I came across that I had to just bring up. Headline from Polygon. EVE Online developer bans real-world politician from in-game office. So... Some yeah, is that is that one of the like people on the player council or whatever? Yeah, so there's a, that, yeah. so Eve Online has a thing called the Council of Stellar Management or the CSM, yeah. which is like they get behind closed doors information about what's coming up in the game, and as player representatives, they can then influence and say like, hey, maybe don't do this. Like our player base likes this, this, blah blah blah. So there's this man named Brisk Rubal, which is a great name. Um, he ran for a seat on the CSM. Also, you have to run and be elected, by the way. Yeah. Um, and he ran for this, and it is also a real-world politician. He is... Uh, Rubal is the online persona of Brian Schooneman. Schooneman? Sure, yeah. Who is a lawyer and professional lobbyist for the US's large, largest maritime workers' union, and has also run for public office multiple times as a Republican. Um, mm. He has... So, he... Leveraged an elaborate um, campaign video shot on location in DC. Uh, won the campaign in June 2018 and joined the CSM. Uh, and then from Polygon here it says, Once in place, Shuneman was bound by a non-disclosure agreement. In a statement issued Monday, CCP Games says he broke that agreement. Um, they say that he was caught, quote, sharing confidential information with a member of his in-game alliance that was later used by another alliance member to conduct illicit in-game transactions. Um, the incident was severe enough that other elected members of the CSM came together to turn him in. So the CSM brought this themselves and said, this dude is Jeez. fucking around. Um, so Insider trading. Insider Eve. trading inside Eve in a way that's interesting. Um, so yeah, real life politician turns out to be to, to fuck with the rules in this fake game. It's great. I, I love reading stories it's, about um, about um, evil. About evil like, continue to always be fascinating oh, at yeah. all times. Like mm-hmm. it's nuts. It's nuts. Yep. Um, yeah. So the last thing I've got here, we're obviously not going to go into the whole thing, but um, Jason Schreier's out there being Jason Schreier again, and did his oh, yeah. whole article on headline: "What? How Bioware's Anthem went wrong?" And it's a long form piece which they interviewed with uh, 19 people who worked on the game or adjacent to it all of which were granted anonymity mm-hmm. um, and basically talked about why that game ended up the way it was I'm just going to very quickly read this paragraph here because I think this kind of sets up the rest of the, the article um, so a quote from this Less than a week before the, the LA press conference held by Bioware's parent company, Electronic Arts, world came, word came down that securing the rights to the trademark anthem would be too... Uh, uh, sorry, the game was originally going to be titled Beyond. That's the setup for this. That was the, yes. originally going to be the name of the title. They printed out t-shirts that said Beyond on it. Yep. Uh, a week before the LA press conference held by Bioware's parent company, like EA, word came down that securing the rights to the trademark Beyond would be too difficult. Beyond was ruled out. The leadership team quickly switched to one of their backup options, Anthem. But whereas Beyond had been indicative of what Bioware hoped the game would be, for instance, you would go out beyond the walls of your fort and into the dangerous wilds around you, Anthem didn't mean much. Yeah. Everyone was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. What does this have to do with anything, said one person who worked on the game. <laughs> Just days before the announcement, the team at Bioware had a brand new name that nobody really understood. 
Yeah. So that whole thing about when they were coming out on stage talking about the anthem of creation, that was probably made in four days. So they didn't was... talk about the anthem of the creation there because the anthem of creation didn't exist at that point in the story. Oh, right. That was after. That was they, the, yeah. they created the anthem of creation because they changed the name. Christ. And this was in 20, June 2017, that evening. Yeah. yeah. That should say a lot about the structure of that game. Uh, and the article's like, it goes on to talk about like, Nothing was ever nailed down. Nobody really made decisions a lot. There was a lot of push from EA up on high. Frostbite, as ever, seems to be a problem. Blah, blah, blah. There's yeah. a lot in there. Well worth a read, actually. And about how it impacts, like, Dragon Age 4 and the other games in the um, the EA Pantheon that you should be maybe worried about. So the other half of the story as well was, like, a couple of hours before the story went live or, like as like, on the hour when the story went live... Bioware themselves put out a, a statement. This is attributed to Bioware, not yeah. anyone specific. This is attributed to Bioware. Bioware made a company-wide um, statement. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I will just take this small paragraph here. As a studio and a team, we accept all criticisms that will come our way for the games we make, especially from our players. The creative process is often difficult. The struggles and challenges of making video games are very real, but the reward of putting something we created into the hands of our players is amazing. People in this industry put so much passion and energy into making something fun. We don't see the value in tearing down one another or another or one another's work. We don't believe articles that do that are making our industry and craft better. So for reference, they had not seen the finished article at this point. Yeah, they didn't read the article. No. This was this came out before the article went live. They have no way of seeing the, the article and they just put this shit out. Yep. I'll bet you don't believe those articles make our industry better. I, yeah. As I'll a, bet that when somebody shines a negative light on your business, then you yeah. probably don't like that when article. People, when you're already a company that's faced a lot of criticisms for things like microtransactions and internal working yeah. practices and have had Worst games... company in America, two years running. And have destroyed so. beloved franchises, cough, cough, Mass Effect. You're yeah. like... What, why would you put that statement out? That seems yeah. like not helping anyone. And to be fair, like after damage that, control, right? Yeah, like, that's... but like, what damage are you controlling? Like, you know, yeah, that's like, true. The damage is already done, but it's still like that's that isn't that the kind of like natural fallback PR move? Is just like, oh, oh shit, totally. damage control, and just but do something. The concept of them having not seen the finished article for them to then be talking about, we are planning to make crunch time less of a thing. In fairness, that they know exactly what people are going to say about the development yeah. of that game. Uh, so yeah, they know they're going to talk about crunch and bad totally. treatment of workers so and be, all that stuff. So, that... so to be fair, um, somebody on somebody inside the company leaked uh, email that Casey Hudson himself sent round to the team, which was much more. We know we were committed to doing this. Like we, we, I understand all these problems. The article's totally correct. We fucked up that this and this and this. We are doing to do yep. better, but like the the. But that was not public. That was internal, and it got leaked oh, yeah. to yeah. Kotaku, I think. Um, so yeah, Bioware's in a really weird state, and just this week or last week, when you're hearing this, there was a another Shrine article about Dragon Age Four, about what that game looks like, what that game was going to look like, what, how it's changed over the course of the last year, and what's affected it, and all this kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that game comes out. Um, it's for- weird. It's weird if they like. Because I, I, I read an article over the weekend about like somebody had like gone and played Battlefront Two now, like oh, yeah. after all okay. the stuff and had like been playing it, and like that game actually sounds all right now. Like when people, when you, when it got, all got taken off and like EA didn't want to touch it anymore, and people just started making it the way they wanted to make it. Yeah, yeah. 
it actually turned out all right. Like people, people actually like that game now. It's totally. And it's been interesting to see to 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 finish up and talk about our final thing. It's interesting to see the PR messages that happen that have had to happen now twice from respawn to say. EA didn't touch any of this shit. This is all us. Yeah, Don't worry. Us, yeah. That was very much the line when Apex got announced. Yeah. And now with Jedi Fallen Order, right? That's the name of the game. Yep. Jedi um, Fallen Order. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The same statement came out like four or five times before the actual presentation when they announced it, where they said, story-based, no microtransactions, uh, no online... But, uh, there was there was a three pronged statement. Single play, single player story, no multiplayer, no microtransactions. That's what it is. Ever. Yep, that was the, um, the fact. And like I saw that in a bunch of tweets from um, Zampella, and then they got on stage and said it like as they wrote yeah. it in the tweet with those three statements. It was the it was the it was one of the first things that Vince Zampella said on stage was all that stuff. It was which weird. paints like it's EA's in such a bad position right now where like their development studios that they own have to go out and say by the way management didn't touch this shit like yeah, this is we're ours. not fucking this up honestly exactly it's fine. <laughs> um which is great but yeah so they announced fallen jedi jedi fallen order which yeah do you want to talk about because you know the where this is set and what yeah the implications so this are. is so jedi fallen order is set in between episodes three and four uh after the order 66 has gone through and the jedi are all getting massacred by basically anybody um and they you play as a uh, i can't remember his last name but he's called cal it's like Cal cal carissian or something I, like I thought that it was but, katarn but it's not <laughs> no it's not cal it's not cal katarn that would be weird it's like cal carissian or something i can't remember but where's this guy called cal who in the trailer they talk about it how it's like the only way you can survive is to basically like keep your head down don't reach out like don't look at anybody so he's existing under the nose of the empire as a force sensitive person cal kestis kestis that's the one trying not to show off the fact that he's force sensitive uh but obviously something causes him to in the trailer it's like his friend is about to go into the maw of a sour like pit and he saves them with the force yep and then has to obviously go on the run because Jedi's can't exist during Order 66 because they get killed. So he has to go into isolation and try and obviously like deal with him trying to learn how to be a Jedi and use the Force. And it could be really interesting. It's a really interesting time in galactic history. Um, they're using the uh, the Emperor's Inquisitors, which are a really cool set of people that were. Those like- designs look real cool. From what yeah, they were a group. There were a group of people that were given permission by the emperor to use the force and use lightsabers specifically for the purpose of hunting down Jedi. Mm. So you see in the trailer the like the woman with the really cool mask, like running after Cal as one of the Inquisitors. Um, it's really awesome to see them again because they've only existed in like books and like in rebels and stuff like that yeah, so it's yeah. really cool to see more of them they were a really cool idea it's been interesting uh, they were talking about the the new troopers they've added the fed oh purge troopers purge that's troopers, purge, that's what purge troopers yeah. but it's interesting to see that like they they had their their lucasfilm lore master dude there on stage talking about it and they said that like yeah. we as we were because it it's what you want from that world, right? Is that you want the people in charge of the narrative to actually be tying a lot of these threads together. And one of the things yes. he was talking about was like the Marvel, because Marvel are doing a Vader comic series, right? Yep. So those guys needed a trooper set to do a very specific thing and it overlapped with what they needed for the game. So the two of them got together and came up with these 
these um, troopers who have been like some of their work has been set up in the Vader comic for now, so that some of the stuff that's there will pay off in this game and all this kind yeah. of stuff, which is interesting. They like, are they are doing they are doing the diligence to tie this into the rest of the universe, sure. which is like it would good. be very easy for a company like Disney or, or to just like just use it like use every part of the narrative and not really care about the underlying st- parts of it. Yeah. Actually that they're doing the work to start tying this stuff together and actually yeah, keeping it it's really good. Positively. And the guy the the guy playing Cal is the guy who's playing the uh Joker and the Gotham TV series. Which he he's said really, he's really good. good at. Yeah, yeah, he's super good at being the Joker. Uh so I I'm interested to see if he can he seems like a good actor, so I'm, I'm okay yep. with him seems being like that he... person. Yep, for sure. Um in terms of they don't show any gameplay, obviously. No. The the things that confirmed for me that are cool, they showed some wall running in that trailer, which suggests that yep. hey, this is a respawn game. So Titanfall Wall Running, yeah. Titanfall Wall Running. Based the this is not hundred percent confirmed, but they said it's in engine using in game assets and at the end of the trailer it said Power by Unreal. So yeah. that's interesting because it's not the Apex engine then, because the Apex is written source, as was Titanfall. Yep. Yep. And it ain't Frostbite, which is good. That's so good, yeah. it seems like they're doing Unreal Engine for this, which will be, which is cool. Um, maybe better, positive. maybe better suited for that, whatever that is going to be. Totally, but yeah. And I could, I, I could see Respawn being the people to do this sort of like Star Wars game if you need to do like yep. cool flips and stuff like for that. Sure. They're probably the people that you would want to do it. Um, and November fifteenth, it comes out. Um, yep. Yeah, that's it's it good to cool. see. It's good to see people have a Star Wars product come out and not immediately shit all over it and yeah. like actually have positive responses sure. to it. For sure. Like everyone good, yeah. seemed genuinely into this. Um, yeah. Which is always a good Instead taste. of the whole, the, 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 unless Battlefront 2 left such a bad taste in people's mouths, I was just worried that yeah. Star Wars was just going to fall by the wayside. But, but that, that was the thing. It's like, good that that universe can still drive people to want to make good stories and I mean, that was the thing. Like, no part details. of, the, the thing about, the, no part, the reason why Battlefield 2 was looked down upon, none of it was to do with Star Wars. It was all like business no, stuff. No, it was all, progression like, and yeah, yeah like if they'd if they got that right that game would have probably gone down pretty well you know well, um yeah who knows but yeah that's i'm excited that thing looks that thing looks totally cool. i'm, I'm assuming i my my bet considering that presentation and the giveaway stuff that we're doing is we're going to see that at the microsoft stage at e3 that's going to be yeah um, i can see that because they were they were they gave away an xbox one bundle everyone in that room got um, Game Pass free, free live for a month or whatever. Or it was yeah. free live, yeah, that's what it was. Um, so yeah, I assume that partnership is done. And yes, um, I would assume so. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Is there anything else in here? Mm, um, no, I can think of no. 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 That's it. No. Uh, cool. So what's coming up? Uh, we have a satisfactory video going up this week, mm-hmm. probably tail end of the week. Um, the oh god, the game of the year stuff. It was supposed to go up this week, and then we had a pretty major technical problem on my end that meant it oh. couldn't go up, so I needed to fix a bunch of stuff. So theoretically, I'm going to say, I'm going to queue all this up and just let it go, because if it doesn't work, yeah. it doesn't work at this point. I'm going to queue it up to let it go the week of the 22nd, because sure. I'll need that week to do prep for house moving stuff anyway, so yeah, if fine. we just let that run there... Um, Fuck! It's, it was a nightmare. It was I was so pissed when it all broke, like immediately <laughs> on the back end. Um, but we should be good for then. So I'll queue all that up and just let it run. Um, hopefully next week as well. I want to do the stream that I was planning to do last time because I 
apologies, I didn't actually do that. Work got in the road and I left work about nine o'clock because you had a hell of a time that day. Fuck. Yeah, I um, but I'm excited to actually get it. Was really, it was really annoying because it was like Division 2 launch time and you It was were also that, yep. And I was, pumps. yeah. Uh huh, yep, it sucked. So um, hopefully I can start streaming that again. There's a couple of things I want to do. Obviously, I want to do the old SPC games, the new one, but also there's a couple other smaller games. There's a couple of things I found on itch that I kind of want to actually try oh, on. There's some. <laughs> We can't find up fall in the rabbit hole of going down it because there's so many things on it. There's a lot of stuff on there, but um, yeah, I've got some ideas for stuff. I want to I want to make the streaming thing a more regular thing, ah. just because I I enjoy doing it. So we'll see. Want to get Twitch famous? Twitch famous, gonna get that streamer money. Yeah, gotta get the good the good streamer money yeah, where you get sponsored. Like, we're like yeah. seven people. If if I'm if I don't leave 2019 with it like a razor chair or like a. I don't know. No, it's uh, oh, what's the chair maker that does all the? I can't remember the name of the Twitch chair maker. It's got an X in it somewhere, right? Yeah, you need to. You need to. I'll put you through a Twitch class course so you can learn all of the uh, the emotes and what they. Oh are yeah, yeah, they totally. Because you'll need to know that. Yeah, if totally. someone comes into your chat and starts talking about Pepega and you don't know what the hell that is, I I, yeah. I only recently learned why people go into fucking random Twitch chats and spam F. I I got it. Oh yeah, you, you like, spam F in chat. Yeah, yeah you spam F in chat. God damn it. Anyway, uh, GameEngineStart.com is the website where you can find all of our articles, videos, and podcasts. They'll be up there. We are on YouTube.com slash GameEngineStart. Subscribe there. You'll get notified when we put new videos up. Um, we are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search GameEngineStart, you find us on there. Hey, Twitch.tv slash GameEngineStart. That's also there there where we're going to start streaming, so you can subscribe there and yeah. get notifications. Um, podcast at GameEngineStart.com is the email address, and that's us. We will see you in two weeks. Hopefully, keep get back on schedule now that things are starting to calm down and we will see you then enjoy whatever you're playing bye bye goodbye